welcome back to the show once again. I'm your host Soli, and I have Fighting Owl production coordinator, creator, and filmmaker Thomas Smith on the show tonight. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I cannot complain. I'm glad to talk with another indie filmmaker. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Alrighty. So, once again, you've been going at this hard since round 07, and yep. uh, you know. And you've been just back and forth, just working with so many different formulas, and you, know, you made so many different cult uh, horror films. I actually have a copy of The Night Shift as we speak. Oh, thank you. That's nice to hear. Uh, and so, what what first got your creative juices flowing? Where you were just like uh, you fell into it unintentionally, or you always wanted to do this? It, it, a bit of both. Um, as a kid, I always liked, uh, I got very imaginative playing with, you know, my toys. Uh, hey, the best yeah, thing. And Power Rangers and all that. And I ended up realizing at some point, I would, I would, they would all have their very complex storylines. And if I didn't like the way something happened, I would basically call cut on myself, restage the whole thing and redo <laughs> it until I got it right. And, <laughs> yeah and so and whenever i was down on the floor playing i would kind of look at things from camera perspectives so like you'd have your over the shoulder and like right behind the red ranger so he's kind of out of focus and and the other characters are you know out in the floor and in, in the distance and so that that's kind of the start of that and then as i think kind of progressed uh i think high school English class uh, or a literature class, I think it was. Um, we were, did a lot of writing, and that kind of opened up that doorway to writing and telling, trying to get my own stories told uh, in different creative ways. Everything was kind of short form, uh, and one assignment we had was to like write a Beowulf type um, story, and it was only supposed to be a few it. pages. It ended up turning in like an eighty-page epic, and that my poor English teacher had to read and grade and <laughs> you know five or ten page uh whatever I gave you what you asked in this. yeah it's like here is a novella here um and, and so so um all that kind of um and i always had like a, a real love of movies so it all kind of came together in college when i um went on with the the university's tv station campus tv station um, and started working for the news, uh, their their news program. And then with that comes basically free reign to all the equipment. Um, so oh, yeah. editing suites, cameras, tripods. We had the, the you know, um, what basically whatever was we did. Uh, University of South Alabama. Uh, okay. and, and, so, and so they would, you know, kind of encourage you to go out and, you know, make some short programming for the, for the channel. And that kind of got my juices flowing. And they're just goofing around making really crappy, just college-y stuff, you know? Um, and so after that, I started writing scripts and trying to be like, you know, I'm going to make a movie. And uh, after a while, I, I kind of got tired of trying to find other people to make the scripts and decided, you know, I'm just going to have to do this myself. Pucker and up. so uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron and I um, kind of partnered up on that. And that's what we've been doing ever since. But it's kind of a long-winded answer, but it's it's 
I remember very, very vividly playing, you know, with Fred Ranger and Captain Kirk and all that. And <laughs> I didn't like the way I did this storyline. So I'm going to go back and redo it. And, it, you know, nice. I don't know. I, I don't I've never met another child who's like done that. I don't think I put it around with action figures all the, all the time. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Just, yeah. I mean, so you were creating in a way kind of your own interactive video game instead of actually playing a video game and creating your own character. You're yeah. like, I want a focus and control on everything and yep. how it plays out. <laughs> yep. And there was always a continuity. I mean, I'd like pick up the next day or the next week and I'd have to, you know, keep the continuity in place for, you know, whatever I was doing then. I can't tell you how many times someone died and came back to life and it became, <laughs> you know, it's just my own distorted nightmare fuel stuff yeah yeah <laughs> so but yeah that's that was that was a that was fun that was a fun time you know uh we're you're surrounded by a bunch of movie buffs friends family yeah i mean i feel like the the generation 90s kids you know late 80s 90s kids it, it, it was everywhere at that time you know video stores were everywhere you could go into the local grocery store and rent, you know, video games. And, oh, yeah. And movies for, you know, 99 cents. Oh, fact. Everyone forgets that. <laughs> yeah. And everyone, everyone all, you know, Laserdisc was coming out and everyone was just getting like all the cable channels. So on the playground, they'd be like, hey, do you guys see Psycho 4 on uh, on Showtime last night? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. What do I win if I say yes? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. Um and so, you know, as you get older, that kind of, you kind of find, seek out those people that have a similar mindset. So uh, I've always kind of surrounded myself with, with uh, those folks. Nice. Uh, what were some of your favorite movies, filmmakers, even characters? Um, you know, Jaws is like my, Jaws, and I, I kind of tied with Jaws and Raiders, but Jaws is probably like my favorite movie because, I mean, the shark stuff's great and it still freaks me out now. But I just love the characters in that movie. It's it they they don't have to be as fleshed out and as human and as natural as they are, but they are perfect. It's like I watched that movie for Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, and Richard Dreyfus, not necessarily the shark. I love the character interactions in that. Um, so that that's that to me is kind of like what a lot of modern movies are missing. You know, is is that extra bit of heart. So I, I love Jaws. Some of my favorite horror movies, though, um, you like Trick or Treat uh, and Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. I love something that can, you know, have fun with itself, have a bit of a sense of humor. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, uh, something like Cabin in the Woods. Uh, and then filmmakers. Uh, I'm always interested to check out anything Ty West does. Yeah. Um, Brian Fuller, uh, you know, like Pushing Daisies. Uh, it was fantastic his own metaverse <laughs> yeah yeah uh his hannibal was fantastic uh so yeah it's uh it's constantly in flux you know um and you know there's the kind of the typical film person like oh wes anderson i like wes anderson but it's he's not like someone i'm i get excited about i guess no, um fine. but but there but there are certain folks that that yeah i'm like if if i see their name attached like ty west i'm like i'm gonna check that out um so yeah nice um and uh all together i mean you kind of came in at the right time where you know uh blu-ray was just about to become a thing mm -hmm. and internet 
wasn't as toxic as it is now and people were just having to realize all kinds of different ways it's like okay you can make an indie film but it doesn't have to be sundance and then it can be micro budget it can be big indie budget it Mm -hmm. can be but obviously you know it doesn't have to be christopher nolan to be good either you know it can be as large scale as you want it to be and you just got to follow whatever rules Mm -hmm. trade yeah i tell you i mean over the past uh I guess let's just say 20 years, it's changed so much. I remember when YouTube first came out, you know, you're limited to 10 minutes and I think 100 megabytes. Yeah, uh, and you're, very so you, you were very limited and now you can just put a whole movie up or it's live stream something for 24 or 48 hours, whatever. They had to um, adapt their clouds somewhere along the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, so VOD and all of that, it's, it's all so complicated now. Um, <laughs> yes. so that, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think people are still trying to figure that one out, <laughs> you know. What are some trends that you've kind of noticed in terms of marketing your movies? Because it seems like I, I will see some guys, you know, if it's on Bloody Disgusting, they will instantly check it out. And then there's others, they'll, they'll just be unable to tell a movie apart from the various other Redbox or Netflix titles. And it's like, well, come on, you're, you're sounding snobby, guys. Uh, this, it doesn't have to be Evil Dead to be great. You know, it can be its own original vision. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I, I kind of rely on a lot of the bloggers and uh, websites to kind of help get the word out. Um, I mean, stuff like Bloody Disgusting, or there are a few other places uh, that I kind of continually rely on. Um, even like uh, uh, like Ben Nagy at the Joe Bob Briggs blog, uh, mm-hmm. kind of check out his reviews uh, whenever he does them and see what's what's happening. And so, so that's I think the best way to kind of reach a, a good audience, a built-in audience that are kind of, you know, they, they trust the reviewer or they trust the site. Um, Cause you can spend so much money on Google ads, Facebook ads, and mm. not be sure who you're reaching. And then if it's like a YouTube ad, they can watch three seconds and hit skip, you know, and you, yeah. you don't know. So uh, yeah, I think if you can get the attention of somebody like a bloody disgusting and they can kind of champion you, um, then you've probably you probably hit hit the goal you want to the target you want to hit very nice very nice uh so uh I, I take it you met most of your crew at some of the same university yeah so yeah and I, composer and chris skoda yep. your cinematographer yeah and we've all kind of come about in different ways like uh, um i didn't start seriously trying to make uh, my own films until after I graduated, like right after I got a couple of years after I graduated. Um, and so then I would put calls out in the local film office uh, website or social media pages looking for crew. And so a lot of them, yeah, like Soren came from uh, South. He, he was a music guy, um, is interested in nice. film too. Uh, and then like Skoda, he does a, uh, he has a, a local marketing uh, videography firm now. Mm. Um, and then, you know, some of the other folks just kind of came from friends of friends or came from, you know, uh, associations with them. And uh, we've kind of got, got a nice little network of people now that we can kind of rely on and go to, uh, which is nice. Very cool. And how did you, uh, how would you describe your creative process? Like when you just kind of envision this material and seeing if it can work as a movie you actually want to commit to making? It's usually something I kind of have to sit with for a while to see if it sticks. It's like, cause it, 
I'll come up with an idea of something that's like, oh, that's a, that's a pretty cool concept. And then um, I'll kind of think on it and see if there's a way to expand it into something that's more than just a couple of minute, you know, uh, or if there's actually anything that you can put, if it's a skeleton that you can put clothes and, and skin on to, to actually make a fully fleshed idea and sometimes it's just like that's ah, a cool idea but I, I can't like do anything with it um <laughs> or other yeah or other times you like hit the ground running with that's just a cool idea and you kind of think on it for five minutes and then you end up with like a 70 page like outline and then you're like okay i'm just gonna go write the script now it just flows out but then sometimes it's yeah it's like pulling teeth and it just it, it really depends on how it hits um something could trigger me or inspire me um watching another movie being like hey you know that kind of gives me a good idea um i can kind of jump off from that uh, or that kind of solves a problem i was having so I'd, let me let me look back at this um so it's it really it, it's it kind of just depends on when the muse strikes i guess you know mm-hmm. um but but yeah if I, I, sometimes you know I'll, I'll have an idea and i'll really like it and i'll try to make it work but it like it just sits on the shelf for months or maybe even years before i'm like oh i finally figured that out let me go and do that now or just you know it stays in the 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 bin um and it just never gets more than you know like a little log line or something Very cool. i used to have like a whole folder full of that i don't know what happened to it but yeah just like little post-it notes of scribbles um but yeah very nice very nice so you've been able to uh, submit your material to Sarah of Horror, Houston Horror, even Texas Frightmare. Uh, have you ever decided to just kind of say, hey, you know, I'm going to take some time off from day job and just like go and scout out this city and just go in attendance at some of these festivals and network a bit? Yeah, you know, I would I would love to be I've, I've been I've done that on occasion. You know, we'll take like a weekend off and and we, we went to Spooky Empire a couple of years ago. We're in Ooh. that again this year. Uh, we're not gonna be able to make it to that one, but um, but it was a lot of fun, uh, like Sidewalk Film Festival, a few others. Um, and it's, yeah, it just kind of comes down to notifications, how much advance notice they give you. And if you can get there, like sometimes we don't know, like we, we would go to Spooky this year, but we just got back from a vacation to Orlando like a month ago. Yeah. And so it just it just doesn't make sense, you know, but it's like, we would love to go um so yes in some of these it's like it's like man you know if we could if we could get away and now it's harder with a three-year-old um but a couple of years ago aaron soren and i we were in uh comic palooza in houston and we just drove like seven hours and went over there and spent the weekend and and checked it out and it was a lot of fun but it's you know it's uh it adds up after a while. it adds up it adds up yeah it's not really not really feasible a lot of the times no, that's, that's fair. It's also a little annoying sometimes when the festivals tell you last minute, uh, hey, and you're going to be in attendance, right? I'm like, well, does this count me out of the loop if I say no? <laughs> right, exactly. That is kind of a fear. It's like, yeah, I can't make it, but I still want to be eligible for any kind of awards or, you know, uh, or anything like that. Um, and, and then sometimes when you go, you see the schedule and you realize that, your film is scheduled like opposite the Robert England Q and a, which, you know, everyone's going to be at. And so there's like no one at the films, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's like, ah, okay, maybe I should have stayed home. Thousand percent. It, it gets annoying to even just kind of point out is like, well, 
I can make time for this and that, you know, but mm -hmm. it, sometimes the only way you're able to actually meet some of the celebs is at their table. And it's like, well, I'm not, I do legit want to actually offer you something, but I shouldn't have to buy $50 of mm -hmm. merchandise just to speak with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cons are, I mean, they, they have really exploded. Yeah. Yeah. It really has changed. Oh man. And uh, so uh, what was horror always your favorite genre or was it just whatever cool was on and that was just the one you stuck with? <laughs> you know, it, as a kid, I liked um, back in the, you know, when I was a kid, AMC showed classic movies, you know, actual old B movies during Halloween. They would have, I remember they had this like a creature features. Yeah, creature features on the weekends. I remember one was hosted by like Jack Palance. Um, oh, wow. and it was yeah, yeah. So so I would see like Planet of the Apes, I'd see the original um uh War of the Worlds and, and all this sort of things. And I loved that. And then USA Network would they would have their up all night, and then they would also like on Saturdays have marathons of pretty much what they showed the night before, like Toxic Toxic Avenger um oh, army wow. darkness stuff <laughs> like that you know things that i never should have seen when i was like seven um but it, it really it's <laughs> yeah it's there so i'm gonna watch it it's like i know i'm not supposed to be watching this and so that really kind of opened the doors to that and then you know in the when i was a teenager i guess i hit my my snobbish film period where you know everything has to be oscar bait and horror's just you know it's a it's it's crap you know and and then in college i'm like you know it's fun this is the other stuff's boring let's 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 go have some fun um and so it's uh horror has always been present horror and sci-fi and fantasy and only in the you know last 20 years have i really just kind of really delved into it um but yeah ever since i was a kid it was something that was always around very nice um and uh, have there been any collaborations you've been thinking about? I know Christopher R. Meme kind of does a lot of the same kind of stuff that you and Aaron do, where do a lot of 50s kind of styled throwbacks. Not, not really. Right now, we're honestly just trying to find the time to to, to get anything done. It's, uh, we, no, we, uh <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just, uh, you know, uh, we, we have a, a three year old now, and he's uh, pretty much he's a handful um so <laughs> so it's it's we can't just go and shoot something on the weekends now like we used to it it's got a you know this big whole production of who's gonna watch him and all this stuff so it's uh trying to figure all that out um right now so we're working on some scripts but we're just trying to figure it all out <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure when he gets a little bit bigger he'll be on set holding a boom mic for me though Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> free crew, free experience. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you just hold that there. You hold that reflector there. Be still, be quiet. You're good. Only thing you had to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, and uh, what, when it came down to uh, scripting, uh, how much time do you give yourself an outline? And um, I don't really give myself like a, a tight, like a deadline deadline. I okay. kind of just let it kind of go where it takes me. Like if I have an idea that I really like and it feels like I, I can do something with, um, I'll kind of 
you quickly jot down kind of the basics, the outline of where I want it to go and the characters and who they are. And so I'll probably spend a couple of weeks figuring all that out. Um, so that way, when I start writing, I can kind of go by that, have kind of like a, a, a little outline of, of the beats I want to hit and the character development and all this sort of thing. And so, you know, it, it can go from a few weeks to um, a couple of months going back and forth on on drafts and revisions and that sort of thing. Uh, this, uh, I've written something that was like done in a week. And then like right now we're working on doing revisions to a script that we've been working on for, I feel like, fuck, a few years now. <laughs> so it's, uh, and just various different variations of it. Um, how it's kind of mutated over time um so yeah it's it's just it, it's its own thing you know you kind of whenever you feel like it's it's done it'll tell you you know I feel like I've got nothing else I can say on on that and then you no, can no, kind of close it and, and print it out and be done with it but yeah do you ever kind of like even just pitch an idea and say okay perfect you write it I'll film it <laughs> I you know I, I I would love to do that. Um, every, I think, I feel like everybody has their own thing going on. Oh, uh, so, so I feel like I, I, it, 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 it I, I feel like I would just kind of a, like add on to their load <laughs> if I did that, you know? No, that's all good. Um, yeah. Cause, cause everyone seems like they have their own things going on too. And, you know, I know how it feels whenever someone comes up to you, Hey, here's this great idea. You should make this. And, and you're like that's that's cool but i've got like 12 other things i'm trying to get done too you know okay, so it's yeah and uh what are your do's and don'ts in every set you do it's like one thing cannot have any of that uh you cannot have any jerks everyone's well, yeah, got I know that, that <laughs> yeah everyone's everyone's got to be you know willing to get their hands dirty because it's you know indie film is just so uh uh it is stressful and time consuming and there's no resources. Um, but you definitely have to have fun. Um, and, uh, if it's not fun, it's not really worth doing. You know, if, if it's a chore for everyone to get up at 5 AM to make a early set call or something, then you're not, it's not worthwhile. You know, mm -hmm. um, those late, late nights out in the woods and the, the mosquitoes and, and Oof. no restroom for, you know, miles around. It's, yeah, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be worthwhile. Um, and, uh, you know, there've been times when you get into it and you're like, man, this is, this is not quite going the way I want it to go. Let's just get it over with, you know, and I, I hate feeling like that. So I want it to be fun and, uh, and rewarding. You don't want the lack of enthusiasm to even show on screen. Cause there's going to yeah, be a tough moment where you got to reset yeah, it, something. It, Mm -hmm. And if people behind the scenes aren't feeling it, then probably the people in front of the camera aren't feeling it. And that comes through, you know, it, it all translates. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, when, when you got a rough, you know, like you say, you got to be up at early morning hours and then shoot for until, you know, sundown. Um, what are some other ways to just kind of keep up the flow, make sure the crew is engaged on the same page? Um, good communication. Uh, just make sure everyone is aware of what they're supposed to be doing and um, how to do it. Because sometimes, you know, we're friends of friends who are, who are working on these things. And you're like, okay, you can be the script supervisor. They're like, great, awesome. 
and then they never ask you. You assume they know what that means, and they never ask you. So, so mm. it's you know, you're kind of wasting some time there. Um, and uh, it's so so yeah, just making sure everyone knows their role, knows what they're doing, um, and uh, also wasn't afraid to you know speak up and you know offer their two cents on on something. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, do you feel like many? Uh, how do you kind of just weed out just some of the unreliable guys? Like a friend introduces you to someone, you're like, well, I got to have lunch with them just to see. Well, you know, usually after, usually, you know, if someone says, hey, I, got, I know this guy who can who can help out. And if I email them and tell them to show up on such and such a date for an initial meeting and they don't show or they're late or something, that pretty much seals it. Um, I know we've had times when people, we you know, people that we weren't necessarily relying on for you know major support but they were just there to kind of test the waters and see what they can do they don't show up they're like look i can write them off i don't have to worry about that going on so yeah. I, you know <laughs> people people saying yeah i'll be there and i'll do that that's one thing but then actually showing up is a whole other thing so um always kind of take it with a grain of salt you know like sure let's let's see when you actually when you're actually are tasked with showing up, are you going to do it? So, um, thousand percent. Yeah. And, um, uh, when you're coming up with shots, uh, and again, just line producing and, uh, schedule, uh, what, what keeps you going? Cause I, th- I feel like that's just cool. That's, that yeah, that's tough. Time. That's a, it's a, it, what keeps me going is knowing that I have to get it done or else it's not going to get done. And then we're not going to have a movie and people are going to be coming to me with questions and I want everyone to stay informed. So I don't want to let anyone down. Um, and and but yeah, that's, you're always yeah, going to have actors who will only know their lines and then ask you a question. I'm like, well, if you read the script. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> the characters Just focus on to, this like, Who is this I like it. I'll deal with the criticism on it, not matching up with the other actors later. You know? yeah yeah i'll mess with it in the editing room a bit (laughs) it's uh so yeah just the the not wanting to let anyone down and just knowing it has to get done and there's no one else that's gonna be able to do it It, you just you gotta rely on yourself a lot of times nice um sad but true you know (laughs) yeah i mean there are a lot of people relying on you so you can't you, you can't you know you can't slip up the thing um uh do you ever have others like help uh do some of the behind the scenes uh video with you yeah um we've got uh let's see so everyone just kind of everyone kind of does a little bit um like skoda has worked on camera he he brings his guys in uh and they you know they're all hanging up lights and doing boom mic uh, we've got uh chris nelson who's helped us with like makeup effects uh and prosthetics and and uh, making some props and that sort of thing uh so yeah we just kind of it's everyone just you know is is kind of game to to throw their hat in and give it a shot um and then a lot of those relationships you know they're the ones that you know will come through for you because you know, they showed up the first few times and then they kept coming back and you can rely on them. And that makes things a little bit easier, um, knowing that that you have someone that you can rely on that will will meet 
the the kind of the goals that you set for them. Stellar. Any other upcoming projects that you want to promote? You know, Backwoods got some good accolades. Yeah, it. Um, let's see, that came out in uh, I guess about two years ago now. Um, yeah. We've uh, so we've been working on a, a script that's a a follow up to Demon Squad, and we're hoping to maybe do a Kickstarter for that next year. Um, we want to do it right as or as right as we can uh, on, on a on a slightly larger budget than what we are accustomed to um because we got a lot of demon demon squad came out in 2019 i think it was and uh this summer ended up on mst3k which was a lot of fun yeah um <laughs> and we, we we met a lot of a lot of a lot of people that was that was uh, a lot of fun uh and uh we actually I, I think there's a little bit of a fan base around that movie um, that actually genuinely enjoy it, and so we're hoping to kind of, kind of be able to further explore those characters because people have been asking for it. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll 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 kind of start coming together next year. We're we're still working on finalizing the script. It's um, a little bit different. It's very complicated. So um, Aaron and I are kind of going back and forth on notes now. So that's that's kind of the the big one we're working on, and then we have Evil Head that is a short film that's been making the rounds on film festivals and is on Troma now, the Troma now app. Um, and will probably be on uh, our YouTube channel later this month for Halloween, but it's, uh, it's not for the kids, but it's very funny. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, 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 it's goofy. It's very goofy fun. Perfect. Um, and when getting, you know, uh pacing yourself and you know keeping an eye on just all your material that you released um uh what do you think is like the biggest aspect to it on just kind of just making sure you know it's all out there obviously you know it's already great enough that you know we can go to the yeah you know, fighting owl web page and see links to all the material but um when you were just planning this all and you just saw it's like okay you know i gotta use all available outlets you know <laughs> how did the planning yeah go? it's it's changed over the years too um youtube was always kind of a a big uh a big outlet for when we were first starting um and then there are some other platforms i feel like that have come and gone that we've kind of dipped our toes in um so that was kind of the YouTube was kind of the, the big thing that we kind of stuck with. And then of course, you know, there's the other social media outlets uh, we kind of used to help promote things, but the distributors we've worked with, they've mostly still used Blu-ray DVD uh, and some VOD uh, kind of depending on where things fell on the timeline. I, I think Demon Squad was, um, was DVD and VOD and Backwoods was VOD, possibly Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, and then I remember Night Shift was just DVD. I mean, that was you know, 10 years ago. Um, so it, it's, it, we're kind of, we're kind of at the mercy of what they want to do, you know, whenever, um, whenever they release something, but for ourselves, it's mainly YouTube. Okay. Very nice. Uh, have you, and has the Alabama film community been pretty supportive? Yeah, our local film office has been really helpful. Um, you know, if it was kind of 
kind of daunting when I when we first started this <laughs> and uh, having to reach out that Make you know imposter syndrome. You're like, yeah, it's like, well, I mean, they they they're 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 used to it. They they worked on uh, Close Encounters was filmed here back in the day, oh, wow. um, and uh, and we've had a few of like the 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 one-off Nick Cage movies shot here, uh, and if you know uh, a few of those uh, and some others. So they're, you know, they kind of know the ins and outs, but whenever we first started, it was, it was kind of a dry spell, I think. And, you know, also there's the imposter syndrome where it feels like, you know, are they going to take me seriously? Like I'm just this yeah. kid. Yeah. Local kid. But I mean, they treat everyone fairly and equally and they've been super supportive. You know, if you need a casting call or help with locations, they're, they're right there. Um, so that's been super great. Yeah. I've had um, to avoid too many flakes or professionals not yeah haven't really encountered a lot of that and that's um, unfortunate i had to deal with them all the time in dallas <laughs> <laughs> it's you know and i think part of that comes down to going back to reusing the same contacts and the same people over and over again you know mm. um we've yes. kind of we've kind of built that up and and i think it's a large enough base now that we don't have to rely as much on uh cattle calls for crew and stuff so we, we can just hey i know some, I, yeah so so we can kind of take care of it within our group i think um so so that helps but yeah there i remember there was a time when we first started out and it's like you get all these emails from people like i want to audition i want to be part of the crew and then you never hear from them again um so or they show up once and realize man this is actually hard work um, to actually do something i can't be funny all day yeah exactly exactly so uh it's yeah so yeah um, and fortunately enough, you know, you've been interviewed by all kinds of people, including search my trash and mm -hmm. AI.com. Uh, 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 what, what are some outlets that you recommend for just promotion of everything? I mean, obviously um, the other websites are good that we mentioned earlier, but like, what are mm -hmm. some like MVPs are always a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, over the years, we've kind of cultivated a, a list of folks that we kind of reach out to when we're trying to get the word out about our projects. Um, there was a site called uh, Igor's Lab that was always like super, uh, super helpful and willing to share. Um, uh, I'm not sure if that one's still around actually. Um, <laughs> and then uh, like Dread Central. Uh, Good site. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the, those uh, Arrow in the Head and Joe Blow, uh, they shared a lot of stuff. Um, but and yeah, there were there were also a lot of sites. When you when you go and look back at some of this, you realize how quickly some of these sites don't don't stick around. You know, um, yeah, they can't uh, keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, there are so many uh, that I just I, there and there's just a few that I just I know they're not around anymore. Um, so yeah, I, you know, if you can hit those those main ones that are kind of established i guess that are that are foundational to the to the internet you know they're they're going to be around um you can kind of get get them to kind of embrace what you're doing and get what you're doing and help get the word out that's that that's that's great okay for sure uh it seemed and you did bring up some good points on crowdfunding it seems like that's just the way to go nowadays instead of asking for investors or doing the elevator pitch just save yeah. some trouble 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've spent countless hours and read so many books about, you know, how to find investors, how to do this and that. And it's just, it's not really that way anymore. Yeah, everyone's going Kickstarter, Indiegogo, GoFundMes. Um, <laughs> and I mean, the, and then the downside to that is you have to have an audience there who's going to jump into that, or you have to be lucky enough to catch one of these big sites attention that will kind of help you promote it and get the word out. Cause otherwise it's, you know, your friends and family that are like, well, here's five bucks. And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, you know, you always get for Thanksgiving. Of bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, uh, it, it all has its own pitfalls, but yeah, I don't think anyone's going around doing the evil dead route of hitting up the local dentists and doctors anymore. Oh, God, I think it's yeah. all online. Yeah. Oh man, and I'm sorry if this sounds like a regurgitation. Um, how do you make sure everyone's like in the zone, like just from when you're communicating on text and email, everything? Uh, well, when I communicate, I, I was communicating, for instance, with one guy, and he gave me back all the documents. I gave documents to another guy, and he asked me to send the documents to him again. So that was already. An indicator is like, dude, where's your head at? I've been sending this to you for a month now, and you're just asking for it again. <laughs> you you kind of have to trust people to to hold up their end of the bargain, you know, to be on their game. But if, yeah, if, if, if you see something like that, then that definitely is a red flag that maybe you need to find somebody else or maybe, you know. They got to evaluate themselves. They like, evaluate themselves. I told yeah. you, this is our month. We are filming mm -hmm. again. Where you been? <laughs> yeah after yeah after after the first couple of times of that you're like okay I, I need to i need to find somebody else that's going to fill this role because you, you just can't um you, you can't end up on the day of filming and being like well i don't have lead actor a but i have everyone else or i don't have camera guy here but i have everyone else and you have to call the shoot because I've, I've i've worked with i've helped friends on their film projects for school or class or whatever and, you know, they'll get everything together and we'll all show up. And then the day of so-and-so calls, yeah, I can't make it. And well, he's got the camera or he's the main actor. And then all of a sudden the director is also playing the, the lead actor, you know? <laughs> so it's, um, you, you have to, you have to trust people to do what they're going to do, but you also kind of have to watch their track record, you know, give them one or two chances and you can't, you can't, you can't let it snowball. Totally. What's been your favorite camera to film on? So um, I really like the Black Magic. Uh, we, we've used that a couple of times, and the, right now that's kind of my my go to. Although off for Evil Head, we shot on the Sony. I think it's the FX9. That was really fun to shoot with. It had like that built-in autofocus and everything, and it was just big camera, and it was just me operating it and and. Uh, and, and gray operating it for the weekend shoot and uh it was cumbersome and heavy but it, it was really fun to play with but i, I think black magic is still kind of my favorite totally and it seems like everyone's getting even more subjective when much like the phones they're going to change mm -hmm. just about every three years you're going to have to update or just say you know what maybe i don't want to play around with final cut or adobe maybe i can do this third-party software maybe i can do this other thing you know, yeah, I basically just stopped maker. buying any of it. Yeah, <laughs> and just rent it. Um, the cameras, it's it it, they they update so often now. You know, even if it's just like a slight upgrade. You know, there's like a 
a black magic pro and then a black magic regular black magic there's not that much of a difference um except for a few thousand dollars more uh so <laughs> yes. it's like I'm, I'm just gonna rent this instead instead of buying it or if i know someone who has it i'm just gonna pay them to to use it and camera operate for me um and uh and as far as you know like software and stuff goes i, I stick with final cut for the most part and you know it's like i think it was like 200 bucks and then you've got it you know um what are some other ways uh for when you're renting equipment and you're still you know much like a car rental place they're not taking your word for it what are other ways to back it up in addition to photos um i know for us i've always gone through like lensrentals.com for uh gear rental that's and uh and they'll they're really great. They'll ship it out to you. You get it, you know, when you need it and you just ship it back, put it back in the same box and everything. You get the return shipping label. And, you know, I don't think there's like a deposit on any of that unless it's above a certain level, but you know, you can get their insurance uh, to cover everything. And it's, it's just been great. Um, I remember one time we, we accidentally ordered the wrong lens and we were doing a test and then we needed it that the actual the correct lens the next day and i was on the phone with him like yeah we'll get it out to you no problem and showed up on time and saved the shoot for that weekend um (laughs) yeah so i mean i can't say enough nice things about them but they're uh they're they're kind of my go-to very badass um and it kind of just opens it up it's like when you realize like i don't need a new gear i don't need a new camera i just need a different lens yeah especially i mean when you look at when you look at going to buy some of this it's like someone will say yeah the black magic is only 12 1300 but you need the mounts for mic or batteries or um lights or any of that yeah recharge station all of that and it adds up to be so much more and it's like yeah i could just rent all this for a couple hundred bucks and that's all i needed for and then in a few months when i'm shooting something again i'll go and rent the new version that's out um and just keep everything top of the line and i'm not paying an arm and a leg for it and stuck with it for you know however long i don't i I don't get how some of these folks they go and they buy these really expensive rigs and then you know a year or two later there's a new version out and they're buying that one too like that how are you doing that Uh, (laughs) that does not make any sense to me they either love it too much or something yeah um now uh all together uh what, what are you planning currently uh that is like a, a must do like in the next five years you're just like hey you know this idea we came up with this idea we, we gotta try this out we know the perfect place to film it <laughs> yeah i've got a couple of those I, i've got a mardi gras short that i want to get done uh in the next year or so um mardi gras centered short so and mobile is the birthplace of mardi gras new orleans gets all the the attention but so we have the parades and floats and all that stuff here so i think it'd be a really cool backdrop um for this short and really fun so that's that's a big one i want to get done and then this demon squad sequel is actually based on a script we've been trying to get done for about a decade now um it started off as its own thing and we kind of it's morphed over the years and we've changed out the characters and a few plot points. And it's a, I think it's a really unique kind of haunted house story 
that I really want to get done. And it's if our it sounds simple on the outset, but it gets really complicated to shoot. Any good uh, mansions in your area that'd be a perfect haunted house? That's that's what I yeah, that's kind of what I've been spending my free time searching on locations <laughs> and uh film site website and just kind of googling some uh event halls and that sort of thing. There are some nice ones. There are some there are some a nice friends who has a relative's house that they look like let you yeah it's like I need a need a creepy house. I just just and there are a few of those downtown um these old historic mansions. Um <laughs> so yeah so they're they're great. Um so that, that's kind of like the main ones and, and I'm kind of toying around with like a, a pseudo sequel to Evil Head that's um it's set in the same universe but uh different characters but but just as goofy um so that that's sort of and then the rest you know we're just kind of playing up by ear never know when something's going to come up that's like hey i gotta do that now um so we'll see very nice um uh so what's what's been the most like receptive online festival like where they will actually give their two cents confirming hey you know you know you made it you're, you're going to be judged because it seems like there's still a few others that are better at receiving it and saying hey you know uh we'll we'll consider it but can you upload it in, in a you know 1080 versus this format you know um going through film freeway they kind of have everything standardized so if you submit through them um, or if the festival is on there and you can submit through them, that kind of gives them a dashboard for getting the file that they need and getting the promotional materials that they need. The f- right now, I'm really impressed with this year's Spooky Empire um, selections. The, they, they've been super communicative. They've got their awards nominations out already. Um, they've been announcing panels and full schedules and all that. So I've been really impressed with the, what they've done so far this year um so right now i think that's that's kind of my my favorite as far as communication wise you know um and when you're doing a shorts you're actually getting feedback as opposed to the 48 hour thing where hey we had free time but we didn't really use you know and you know we haven't actually gotten a lot of feedback from the festivals themselves outside of you know when they give you the the acceptance email you might be in communication with the director uh and you know they'll say they really enjoyed the film um it was one of their favorites or something like that and that's so that's about as far as that goes sometimes you can some festivals they'll let you like pay an additional fee for feedback and notes i've never done that um but then when we can i prefer to kind of attend the festival to see the audience reaction when we can or if someone else goes that we know kind of ask them how how things went I, i think seeing how something goes over with the audience is, is the best um kind of barometer for for how it how it how it how it sits with everyone so yeah if if we can go if we know someone who can go and kind of report back that's kind of kind of the best uh feedback as far as i'm concerned totally in the night shift what i really love the most is when you're by the cemetery you just get so many just night of the living dead vibes and mm-hmm. that are just the the love you're putting into the craft uh, what are your favorite kinds of establishing shots to kind of do like that you recommend everyone try <laughs> you know in that cemetery there wasn't like a 
bad angles like everything was really pretty um <laughs> yeah it was it's like there and then sometimes we were just sitting around waiting for the sun to set so we could start shooting and it was just looking out and it was just really pretty um <laughs> it, oddly enough that that cemetery was incredibly peaceful and enjoyable to just kind of hang out at uh it was weird but but yeah it was one of my favorite places to be um and so so as far as establishing shots go um i i kind of hate establishing shots i never know exactly what no i know what you mean it's it the tricky. best way like, yeah it's like out. you don't want it to be you know here's the sitcom shot of seinfeld's apartment you know <laughs> so it's always like what 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 is it going to be um and it becomes and a filler I'm, shot for the next five episodes exactly and, and so for like um oh, God. Uh, demon squad we had a lot of establishing shots of the city some drone shots of the city and looking back i'm like you know maybe we kind of overdid that but at the time it was like when because we shot it in like 2015 it was like drones were were, were just exploding and it was like this is going to be awesome and now yeah. everyone you know, everyone has drone shots so it's and i've learned recently or have embraced it recently that you don't necessarily need a ton of establishing shots um so kind of going forward i'm probably gonna be cutting back on a lot of those um if they're not integral you know um audiences have gotten a lot savvier so you don't need those here here's the apartment shot the most um, amazing shot ever made took us five yeah. days <laughs> so it's like you know and they're always a little awkward sometimes you need them for spacing sometimes it's just kind of there to pad things out so it's definitely something we're going to be moving away from i think so you've laid it out you pretty much have kept it simple you've stuck with rentals you've had a positive influence and feedback from your various collaborators and your creative space has been rarely compromised um uh have you thought of even doing a web series given how youtube's allowed a lot of input on sharing your material yeah you know i felt like for a little while there for like five minutes everyone was trying to do a web series and i think that's kind of died down now but they i've been thinking Google about wouldn't share the profits so you got to just do it just because you want more material exactly exactly um so it's uh it's something that i've kind of been thinking about kind of off and on like you know if we can't do a feature of this that maybe you know maybe it'll work as a web series or maybe we could do some one-off adventures with with these characters may not necessarily have to you know tie together to be some kind of overarching storyline but just kind of like you know here's a little 15 20 minute installment it's something that that's kind of at the back of my mind but um you know it's 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 definitely worth exploring at some point a lot of your cast have a great theater background uh i remember the lead in night shift i think he had a san antonio background uh small world uh but uh have you guys even thought of doing a audio drama you know i actually had not thought of that um <laughs> and that would be something that would that would be kind of interesting to do um I, i'd kind of thought maybe at some point you know could possibly do like a like a comic book or a graphic novel or something um Your son does the animation you do the directing and yeah. the voiceovers. <laughs> but uh but yeah no uh, i think a, an audio story you know, kind of do like an old time radio show. That would, I think that would be kind of fun. This is um, Thomas Smith as Vincent Price II. Yes. I, I would be so out of my depth. I would not, I would have to, I would have to let someone else kind of 
oversee the whole thing to make sure it's done right, you know? Um, but I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Somebody who's like a big radio buff, you know, be like, you, here's what I want to do. You make it fit within that wall, you know? Radio is still pretty powerful. I'm really surprised. I will hear about stuff. I'm like, whoa, I haven't seen a single TV ad for that. But then again, I haven't uh-huh. been watching live TV. I've been recording it the last two months. <laughs> and <laughs> so it seems like it it provides so much closure. Uh, but they mm-hmm. don't seem to really talk about as many indie films, like unless you pay for that extra amount. It's like, hey, we're at the Angelica yeah. in our town this week. Can you please you know, play this yeah, ad five yeah. times? <laughs> yeah that is something like spotify it's like okay I, i'm i i'm very well aware that peacock paid a lot of money for this this <laughs> ad that i'm hearing you know five times in this this 30 minute podcast oh, peacock. Um, yeah 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 so it's yeah so um that's definitely something that, that i think would be a lot of fun um and then you know there are podcasts that are kind of embracing that and, and that are really good um Yep. Some of the creepy pasta ones, like the No Sleep podcast, and some of those. Yes. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, there's definitely an audience for that sort of thing. It's out there. Uh, I've been actually figuring out Dramafy. They allow mm. anything as long as it's not like R-rated equivalent. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> there's a starting point. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Recommend. Well, this has been great. I'm I love this magnetic just confidence that's echoing off the screen so <laughs> great to do this chat with you for an hour um any other uh plugs that you or your colleagues are also um nothing that i can think of right now um we're just you know the past two years have been rough on everybody trying to yeah get back to reset. some level of normalcy <laughs> and reset and kind of get caught up so i think we're we're kind of in that and hopefully next year we can kind of hit the ground running again, get things figured out and get past uh, this little bump. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I think 2023 will probably have will probably be a little bit busier than, than this year and last year. Um, but so just kind of keep an eye out for on, on our socials for, for what's going on. Um, movies or music or shows that you saw lately that you 100% recommend? I love Chucky. I love the Chucky series. Yeah, yeah. The second season just started back, and uh, it's only been one episode so far, but I love it. Um, And the first season was just such a joy to watch. Um, And then uh, we just finished uh, the run of Kevin Can F himself, which is really (laughs) good. It's so good. Did you uh, see that hysterical article where it was like an angry Christian ma wrote it? No. How dare... Uh, the, there'd be a curse word in there. I'm like, it's censored for God's sake. <laughs> it's, I did not see that. No, that's like, ridiculous. She hasn't even seen it. So she doesn't even know, you know, it's the first rule of satire. Don't, don't complain if you don't even know what the joke's about. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And I mean, what was it like? Came 10 years ago, Shatner had that sitcom. Uh, yeah. Stuff my, my dad, dad says, says, and it was yeah. all censored. And no one cared then. So <laughs> it's, it's uh yeah it's it's amazing what they decided to pick up on and when <laughs> but yeah those are those are kind of um oh and I, I would de- i would definitely recommend going back on netflix and watching brand new cherry flavor it came out last year yeah but it's fantastic it's so weird <laughs> fair enough it is yeah it's very odd <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, are you going to be collecting action figures again, especially with your kids? You know, I've I've picked up. Let's see, what was the last one I picked up? I picked up um, a Toonie Terror of Herbert West from Reanimator not too long ago. Oh, awesome! And uh, I, th- I think that was the last one I got. I got that, and I got a Sam from Trick or Treat. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't picked up. I haven't seen any recent. I'm looking around right now to see the what movie maniacs toys are like. Bonkers expensive now than where they were. Yeah, like that's that's kind of been my drawback. It's like I, I remember when I first started kind of getting into this this stuff. You know, it was like fifteen twenty dollars. Okay, sure. And now it's like forty dollars for a figure, and I can't I can't justify that. <laughs> it's like I really want that that Halloween uh, twenty eighteen Laurie Strode figure. Like I I can't pay forty. Forty-five dollars for a figure, <laughs> right. you know. Um, so I, I just one of the Wishmaster and Candyman still, and still, I'm like, ah, yeah, no. I, it was I was filling it five years ago. I jokingly, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's gotten so expensive. Uh, I've um, I've got one of the original Movie Maniacs of Snake Plissken. I remember getting that from Toys R Us for like nine ninety nine. So, and that was like late nineties. Um, it's just inflation i guess <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> oh man it's it's something else sometimes <laughs> yeah no if i see something at like a con or something and i haven't like really seen it before i'll definitely go ahead and get it because <laughs> um, no i know by i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna run across it again probably you know um but if it's something at, at the store i'll probably like i'll wait until i'll see if target you know drops it on clearance or something um yeah <laughs> hoping for the best <laughs> yeah hoping for the best you never know <laughs> well this has been a delight my dude and thank you ever so much for taking an hour to do this <laughs> oh no i appreciate it thank you for for having me it's been fun and see I, I wish so many others could have your experience because it seems like so many <laughs> others are just it's like now that everyone's been cutting back and ITN's been getting more picky, they're just like, oh, what do I do? I'm shooting my pants. What do I do? It's like, well, <laughs> you should always have backup plans B through F, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Uh, it's, but yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been really, really yeah, enjoyable. It's been really so fun. welcoming. <laughs> and I, I wish the best. I, I hope it continues to grow there because I, I just see so many other industries which were kind of getting fender benders or others that were mm-hmm. just really making a stink. And it was before they even got into the social and political disruption chaps. And it's like, yeah, you guys, you have way too much free time. And does anyone ever monitor your social media? Because you got to take a time off and just post a, you know, post a, th- a casting call and then just leave it at that instead of just yeah. bickering back and forth. If someone, if there is an inevitable filmmaker maybe deciding to be an asshole and posting a very lame retort, you can just block them and just move on. Yeah. Yeah. I, the bad thing about social media. Yeah. If, if you have to monitor it yourself, like we do, I, I usually just let things go. It's like make a post, kind of check on the comments. Get a notification. That's unprofessional. Uh, it's okay. like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to engage. I'm not engaging. Yeah. People one for nine, not working. With yep. That guy, he responded, I'm working. With <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? 
Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.